All right, we're live, I think. Yes, we are live, and this is uh, End Times for Dummies. Lesson 8B. 8B. We'll be picking up in uh, Chapter 8 of Revelation, and we are uh, at the bottom of page 34 in your, uh, in your study guide. It might be 35 if you have the new one that has the uh, timeline at the end of the... Uh, was added at the end of the uh, Tanakh or uh, previous uh, Hebrew scriptures. So, Revelation 8. Before we go there, let's back up to 6 and uh, just mentally go through. If you have to summarize all those seals that, uh, that uh, Scott brought us through last last week. How, how would you summarize that? In your own words, just a nutshell. Yes, sir. Before we go there, I, I think we actually left off at the fifth seal. I know that you left us off before finishing the seals, which is why I made that snide comment to you that I don't think you got. Um, so I just ignored. I noticed it. I thought you were just, you know, being your normal, I don't get it, you know, self. Um, so. I think you're talking about me. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's, that's clever, that's clever. So, so I'm on page 34, and are you saying that we did the sixth seal, 612? We did, uh, we, we, the last seal we did was the fourth seal. Talked about the ashen horse. Mm -hmm. In, uh, That's right. We went through the four, yeah. the four horsemen. Right. right. So you were supposed to do all the seals, but you only did half of them. I see. That's great. <laughs> During that class, we only did half of them. Right. right. So just the assumption that you know the rest of them. All right. Well, let's yeah, let's pick up there, um, and uh, yeah. So we're going to need an eight Charlie, an eight Delta, an eight Echo. All right. <laughs> no, that's no problem. So uh, yeah. So. Instead of in chapter 8, verse 1, let's, let's just back up to chapter 6 and verse 9. Oh, my goodness. All right, 6 and verse 9, the fifth seal. This is, uh, this is actually quite poignant. So uh, who, can, who can read that for us real quick there? You got it. Go. Just 9? Uh, well, give me to, you know, 11. Or, you know, 9 to 11. <clears throat> When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Do you get the sense that these folks who have been killed all throughout time or just in the events that we're reading about now? Just in the events. Okay. It, it appears that there's another, there's more of them in, your, in the last verse you read uh, to come. So I would agree with you. Um, there are those who say these, this is literally souls. Right? It says that. The souls of those who have been slain was under the altar. Someone's ready in here, I think. Ah. 
appears that a door has been locked. Yes. Yeah. Or unlocked. <laughs> I'm ready. Yours is cardboard. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, what, how would you distinguish, Gregory, how would you distinguish between souls and bodies? I mean, you wouldn't think of these as the same, would you? I would not. So, the souls are under the altar. Where, pray tell, might the bodies be? Still in the ground. Okay. I, I can work with that, right? Yes. Rotting away and will be reconstituted as it were. Coming dust once again. Okay. Yeah. From and to right. shall you be. There it is. So, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So, how do you explain the fact that these guys are handed white robes? With, with what do they take them? Their soulish little arms? <laughs> how are they going to wear them? Or do they keep them in the package until they get the body? Do you see the problem? Is this too soon for... We haven't read it yet, but... Where you have a new body? Do they have a new body? We don't know that. Can a soul grab a physical robe? Maybe we've missed a part of can the chapter. A, can, a, can a soul grab a robe? This Very would difficult. be a great opportunity to can dive into the Greek there. Because we know that... it. I think there's a, part, a point in Torah that even describes, <laughs> like... And the, all the souls of the children of Israel went out, right? Like, it's almost like a synonym okay. for sure, yeah. referencing yeah. a people. Yeah. yeah, that's not this. Right? This is suke, this is soul. Okay. Yeah. Like, so this would, the only description is used for the spiritual breath of God life the, source. The, the life source, yeah. Okay. That, that would be, yeah. All right. So, that, would you agree that it seems confusing? Yes. All right. Any Einstein comments that... Anybody? Anybody? Well, oh, yeah. You spiritualize, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> Discerning the difference between what defines a physical body versus what the soul versus what the spirit is. Um, okay. So, soul, in my opinion, is your mind, will, and emotions. The spirit is the breath of God that gives life. I'm with you. And the body is. The that which can be encasing that holds shirts together, so, uh, the, uh, the mold. Right. So the, the, the master physical. talked about. Right. You know, you tear this temple down. That's right. right. But gonna... to say that the soul doesn't have some form of ethereal form of its own that might be similar to what a body is, I, is not. I can work narrow-minded. I can work with okay. that. What I don't get is if we're already talking about ethereal and somewhat formal, why are we talking about a physical? Robe and not just any robe, but a white robe. Question. And this robe is clearly, or the word for it, stole it, is truly robe. So it says, then they were each given. Yeah. And the word given is didomi. Right. Which says to give, bestow, or present. Yeah. So. And told to rest a little longer. Yeah. So what are you? So, what are you? You're you're thinking? I've presented you with these robes, and I've got them on the shelf for you, kind of right. thing. Right, but okay. yet you were to rest a little longer. Yeah. So you can't, you can't use it yet. yet. Right. I can work with that. Only because of the word present. To give or bestow. To give means that I've taken possession of. You've presented it, like this is yours. It's like wear. me giving you a holster for a desert eagle. That I don't have. Right. 
So And if I'm in a like Gregory says, I'm still with the dirt. Yeah. The ground. Mm -hmm. You presented it as something that I could take possession of. But right. just a little longer. I like where you're going and I think I'm gonna put that with Alex's comment. So and I got you. So we're there's obviously life here. Soul, spirit, whatever we want to call it. Communicating. They're obviously communicating with the Lord. And it's not there yet. There's some kind of presentation for a body, but it can't be used yet because we have no body yet. I can work with that. We're not going to come to a conclusion now because it's, there's an exciting, I mean, if you haven't read the end of the book, I mean, it does get exciting. Gregory. Well, it's, it's interesting when you, when you think of the word they, because it's sort of a, like, what is that even referencing? When you when you're referring to like he or they when you when it's kind of like a pronoun like that, is that does that apply to just a soul? Does that apply to just a body? Does do, do both need to be present in order for that to be an object to which you can reference? It's it's kind of an odd because it does say then they were given. So is the they referring back to the word soul, like the souls were given? Because then. If you, if you just kind of read through it sort of quickly, it does seem that the souls are sort of not moving. They are resting. They seem to be in a state of resting under the altar. Mm -hmm. In which case, if the soul in this case was in a similar location of their body, I guess that wouldn't really work then. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to make this work. I would like to point out that these um, non-corporeal forms... He's a banker, you can tell. <laughs> non-corporeal. Lacking sub substantive bodies are somehow able to speak. I, I was going to go there. What about the larynx? They can speak. Yeah, the soul can speak. So there is something going on there. So let me, uh, let me cut to the chase and, and put you out of your misery. Uh, slide down in your Bibles, if you would, uh, to chapter 7, and let's look at verse 9. 7 and verse 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne. Not under it, they are standing before the throne. What does this imply? Physicality? Mm -hmm. Corporealness? Or, yeah. And before the throne, and Micah, what's the next part of that? And before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Clothed in white robes. Nice. Nice. Palm benches and hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. And he's asked, who are these clothed in white robes? 713. Where did they come? Sir, you know, verse 11, he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Is this all just make-believe spiritual stuff? Or does this sound like a physical description? It sounds like reality. Yeah, it does. So See, he's witnessing it. He's, he sees he's seeing something. it, yeah. It may not be happening right now, but he is seeing it in a movie, as it were, 
And I think Alex is exactly right. You know, it, we, we've got that life force, that non-corporeal. Corporeal. 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 You know, that non-corporeal presence under the throne. And Isaac is exactly right. There's a presentation of robes, but they can't do anything with them. Or was that you? And they will. So we've got some of them there, some of them yet to come, but at some point he's going to exact vengeance. When that happens, they're going to stand. So I wonder how they're standing. They've come out of this great tribulation. How, how is it now that they've been, if, as it were, transformed from the, the, the life force that's able to talk under the deal? You know, I would suggest for your viewing pleasure, perhaps there's been an event from below that has caused those who were corporeal to now be physical. What would, what event have you read about that could potentially do that? You beat your brother by like a nanosecond. I'm going to give it to you. Um, a resurrection. A resurrection. Are there several? No. Okay. Resurrection. The resurrection. I like it. I like it. Just in case there's 13 or 14 of them and this was number 7. That's right. What happens at the resurrection? The people get resurrected. Wow! People get resurrected. You must be part mentor. You're so bright. That's great. Sit down. Can you quote it? Where would I read about this? Believe in Daniel. Okay, Daniel's cool. There's a little bit in 12, but that's very, very... Um, you must be bar mitzvah for several years. Holy cow. I, I was thinking something much more simple, like in the apostolic writings. First Thessalonians. I, wanted to I ask like First Thessalonians. Uh, corporeal. Speaking. Corporeal. Yeah, your dad. Um, if you have to be corporeal to speak, then are you implying. Do you have to be corporeal to speak? Evidently not. I mean, we have these. Because I'm thinking about the. Larynx? No, the um, appearance on the mount to Yeshua. I like it. We have non-corporeal folk, two of them in fact, with jerseys that have their numbers so we know who they are, speaking. Or is it possible that Moshe and Eliyahu's bodies were never buried? Well, I know that Moshe's was. I know Eliyahu's was not, but I know that Moshe's was, but yeah. nobody knows. So maybe it was in some non-corporeal, corporeal box or something. Yes, So I'd like to just, throw, just throwing this out there, but is there any similarity between what we're describing and how we would describe an angel? I was just going to say the exact same thing. Right, because obviously we know enough about an angel to know that there is physicality in certain scenarios, but then we also know that they're, they're not mortal. Uh... In terms, well, in terms of being able to, they're not flesh and blood, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there. So you were saying play will be like the angels, or these people are, are like the angels. I I know there was somebody that said that we would be like the angels, not marrying and yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, was Yeshua? Sure? <laughs> I knew it was somebody. That's good. Yeah, that's good. well, right? Yeah. I I think it's I've always that uh, the verse. That 
I think it's in Isaiah in description of Yeshua about he came a little lower than the angels, you know, and mm-hmm. like that. I bet that it just always stood out to me, like, oh yeah, like there, there's a there's a comparison there that like humanity is somehow similar enough to an angel for but, there to be an actual comparison, but, but different. then yes. different, yeah, and a little lower. And of course, you know, Hebrews, right? Hebrews says, you know, some some have entertained angels unaware. Okay. Where's it changed? I don't think it's James. It's Hebrews, eh? Yeah, I think it's Hebrews. Hebrews sounds well. Yeah, Um, Just a quick point uh, on that that came to mind was uh, completely gone. Completely gone. Oh, completely gone. Quick comment before we move on. Yeah, um, we're talking about these, um, I guess, martyrs, but it says John himself is in the spirit witnessing these things, and he's able to talk. There's a um, other scenarios where Isaiah and Ezekiel, but, but it doesn't where physical souls sure. were put to their but it doesn't say that they were in. I, I think, I think everyone would agree that they're in a state where they can see these things, in in a spiritual state, in a vision or something like that. But they personally are not that way. They're in a in a state so they can see. So I. I don't think that one would, would mm-hmm. cook. Well, it specifically says I was in the spirit. Right. Yeah. Meaning he was, this wasn't happening at that point. He was seeing the vision. Okay. So we are completely outside the bounds of this class because we're not supposed to be trying to figure this stuff out. This was just a quick aside to get you excited about looking at these trumpets. I just wonder where the six syllables are going to come around. <laughs> because the whole idea here is that we just want to get sequenced. So back to my first question that Micah just blew off and didn't answer, but I'm going to ask you to answer it now. The first four of the ten your dad was supposed to go through, nine at best, what do you remember from those, and how would you put in your own words what happened in those first four seals, which, if I recall, was four riders on horses of all various and sundry colors. How would you describe what happened? Any of your brothers can jump in to try and help you so you don't squirm too long. I saying what would I describe the time period? Well, just what happened. And you know, if I had to put something sort of in a sequence, what am I looking at there? I would have to say that'll be the three and a half years after the Antonine's Okay, but what happens during that time according to these four seals? What was the color of the first horse? White. And we had somebody conquering. Yeah. Okay. Second horse was red. And we've got war. Yeah. So our conqueror is now conquering. And then we've got the two that follow on. The next one would be black. And famine. Famine. And from famine, we then get, unfortunately, death, death with Hades right behind. In one or two words, how would you describe this period of these four horsemen? Chaos and destruction. I like that. Chaos and destruction. That's great. Anybody else? Entropy. Speaks the scientist. <laughs> and uh, semi-apocalypse. Semi-apocalypse. Maybe even apocalypse, right? But you know, left to its own devices, things will move to disorder. Just trying to impress my scientist friend. <laughs> Anything else? We good? So, 
If I were to say something crass, like all hell breaks loose, would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. In, in fact, that may actually be actual, right? Okay. So we pick up now with our fifth seal. So where would we find the fifth seal? It's after these guys show up, this great multitude, no? Now that's the seventh. I'm backing up. I'm looking. Verse I'm 12. looking. Nine. Is it nine? Yeah, nine. Who wants to read that? You can't, you just did. Nine? You got nine? Oh, I can't. Um, did we not read nine already? Nine to eleven? That's the fifth seal. Okay. I thought we, 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 we did read that. that. Yeah. But it's we're, a sixth seal. We're so on number six. twelve. Yes. Twelve through twelve through the end. Yeah, yeah the end okay. of the chapter. I can Go read what I looked when he Okay. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, as a fig tree dropped its late figs, when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the king of the earth, and the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Okay, mm. excellent, thank you. So, I, I think Scott would agree with you, we haven't talked about it, but if you're just mindlessly putting sequences together, then out of this one, I would presume that you would come up with the sun turns black, the red, uh, the, the moon, uh, turns red like blood, and so on. And if you were just to put that on your timeline, I would be disappointed. Why? Because it doesn't have any context? Yeah. There aren't, aren't any time, time wording in here. I, I guess my point would be well, except for the great dip, the wrath. So I, I, I guess my point would be, haven't we read this before? Haven't we seen this very description at least one time? What book? Isaiah? No, no. I don't think we did it yet. It is a very small close. one. Day the Lord. Minor, Joel. Joel, thank you. I know it was, I know it was a, right. a small book name. In Joel, <laughs> Joel this thanks. is almost verbatim what he says. Zechariah also. We also read it one other place. Matthew, I think. Exactly. In Matthew 24, the Master says exactly the same thing. If you had to put this, Micah, you had your chance, you did great. You're hoping for, you know, Somebody else now to jump in and step to the plate like you did. Do you feel any pressure? You should feel pressure. This is pressure. So if I needed to put into a word or two to describe this, which as we've read before, how would you describe it? Just a word or two. Squirming. Anything? Anything. Falls. What? The heavens fall. The heavens fall. Do a little better. Signs and wonders in the sky. 
better. What words? Four words. Four words. I'd say four words. Give me. Give them to me. Day of the Lord. I like that. But for the non-initiated, give me something else. That's a, that's the answer. But for somebody who doesn't know what that means, they would only know this. What would you say? The end. That's clever. But it doesn't take the descriptors and use them. The beginning. The beginning and the end. That's clever too. I'm not looking for clever. I'm just looking for out of the text. How about something like, just so you don't squirm all night? The Wrath of the Lamb. That's clever too. How about darkness? Simple. Because if you recall, every time we've read this, in any of the places we've seen it, the concept is, if you try, you know, I like to try and read the Bible and hear it. I want to smell it. I want to, I want to hear the shouting of the battle and all of that. I want it to come along. When you read this, you should recognize it's dark all over. He's removed all light sources. All the light sources are gone. We've got the sun black. We've got the moon, which is normally radiating white, is now red, which the we see in the blood moon, so it's much darker. The stars fall out of the sky. It looks like the thing gets rolled up like a scroll. All the lights in the heavens hmm. are gone. Normally, what do we read in the other passages right after this? What'd you say? The stars were shaking? Signs and wonders. When this happens, what's the next thing? That we read about. It's not. It's not the Son of Man. Wrath of Lamb. No. It's the sign. Everyone will see the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens. I don't know what that means, but I bet it's bright. Why? Because there's nothing else up there to see. And right after the sign of the Son of Man, what do we then see? All eyes shall see him. So. The sign himself. Just like at his birth. Yeah. Yeah. The stars in the heavens were affected by his birth, by his first coming. And it wasn't dramatic. It was kind of muted. You didn't know what to look for. And now it's almost like, now you have no excuse. There's nothing else to look at but this. And it sounds like, from this reading, everybody sees it. And what is the general reaction? Well, I would say no one knew what to look for except for those who got told to look for Agreed. In the first one. Yes. Yeah. In, this, yeah. in this next one, they don't have any choice. There's nothing to see but this. So what, what do they do? What will you do? Hmm. What will he do, or what did they do? There were some questions. And he just reiterated both. Here's the moment. What are you going to do? Praise, One word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Rejoice would be good. I like it. What do they do? Hide. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or if they're smart enough, they'll repent. It doesn't say they do that. I wish they did. I wish you said that, but Josiah, God bless you. They don't say that. They hide. We should be looking. And hastening the coming of the Lord. 
and according to the sages, the way you hasten the coming of the Lord is by keeping the mitzvah and try to sanctify the world and make it ready for his coming. The master said several times when he was on the planet, will this man find any faith on earth when he comes? The prophet said, who can stand? Who, who can who can stand and see him come? And the answer is, those who are ready and looking forward and waiting for him to come. Every day with a clear conscience, that would be a good thing. Start with the Modiani. If you haven't learned to sing that, go back to the class that these guys taught. Okay. Questions on that? All right. It's interesting when you start with uh, verse 12. Yes, sir. Um, Six seal. Six twelve. It says in verse um, thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, it says, uh, "Fig trees shed its winter fruit when shaken by a gale." And the, the word that kind of popped to my mind was "shudder." Everything was shuddering. Everything was trembling. Even even the people. Mm. That's great. Well, yeah. I, I'm going further than the people. The, the stars falling from the heavens. The the universe as we know it is now shuddering with the wrath of God. I like it. And whereas those who, um, the, the non-believers are hiding, and hopefully those of us who are believers are just looking and praying and worshiping. But yeah. it just seems like everything in the universe is shuddering at the wrath of God at that point. Which you use as a fig tree also as yeah. an as example a of a timing market. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, chapter 7 and verse 1. We've got four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Another angel ascends, rising from the sun, from the rising of the sun. Where would that be? You sure? It took you a second. You got that? East. With the seal of the living God, he calls out with a loud voice to the four angels who have been given the power to harm earth and sea and said, don't harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we've sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And then he seals them. For those of you who are unaware, this is the famous verse for the Jehovah's Witnesses that they are the 144,000. So we've got 12,000 from every tribe of uh, Israel. And then we have seven, nine, which we already read about these guys standing there. So we're looking for a sequence so that we can be cognizant of what's happening in the world with regard to the end times. So, it, have we read anything here that we can kind of skip over because we won't be able to notice it or we won't be able to see it or we won't be a part of it? Assuming that he comes like in the next six or seven minutes and we're all here. I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? First Thessalonians, somebody mentioned before, chapter 4, verses uh, 13 through 18. 
And then the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, arch, arch, archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Messiah will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. And thus we shall remain with the Lord forever. Comfort one another with these words. So we would feel the whoosh in the seat of our pants as we're being yanked up. Those who have loved ones who have died in Messiah would be raised just prior to us. But what we just read here, would we perceive this? Yes. And I say yes. Which part? Being caught up. Okay. So I'm assuming that this great multitude in verse 9 of chapter 7 is you and your family. I can work with that. How about this 144,000 that are, are yeah. sealed? Would you notice that? Would you perceive that? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it'd be noticed by somebody. This ceiling? Probably not as much because not everyone's looking at everyone else's foreheads. That's good. Do you think you can see this ceiling? Oh, yeah. Really? Um, is it... Is it there another seal? I beg your pardon. Ezekiel talks about um, the angels starting in the temple sealing everyone for death. There's a sealing process that happens in Ezekiel. Okay. Where God specifically said, start with the temp in the temple, then seal them and mark everyone else. Mm -hmm. So and they and that was ethereal also. The seal that we have of being believers is that we have the. Earnest the down payment. Oh, what are you sure? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Ruach Kodesh. Can you see it? No. You still think you can see this here? No. How many Jews are you standing with on a regular basis? Anywhere between 12 and 14,000? How about 144,000? Okay, let's look like this. I don't think it will be. Visible. Okay. I think it will be recognized. I like the way you're going. All I'm asking is, are you going to know that this happened? I mean, we're looking for a sequence. So this ceiling happens. Are you going to know? Probably not. You're not in Israel. You're not hanging with a whole bunch of Jews most of the time. So it's already unique that it's separated by tribes. Because that's is. something that isn't necessarily happening in Israel right now. That's right. It's just kind of a big conglomerate. Conglomerate, yeah. I mean, the only ones who really talk about their tribe, for example, I was in a, in a, in a car with a rabbi recently, and on our, our way to the airport, he mentioned that his family is gone. Right. Of course, I said. Yeah. You're super cool, and you're going. Yeah, there it is. So, <laughs> But those are really the only ones that I know of that that are, are familiar with what tribe they're from. Everyone else is just Judah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, I'm, I'm from the northern, or I'm from the southern, or Rashkenaz, where it's a, you know. Okay. Uh, so we've got these guys that show up. We don't know whether or not we can see this. But certainly, this multitude that shows up is so great that it cannot be counted. 
If you were not a part of that, would you notice? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you would. Why? Because it is a great thing to do with people. Can't it be does not include yourself. And it doesn't include you, so... Wait a minute. What, what doesn't include you? We, I presuppose that it does not include you. Okay. So that we could say, you know, so with, with a person who's not in this group, would they be able to perceive that this had happened? If we can't see the ceiling, can we see that this has occurred? Consensus? Yes. Yes. There's a heck of a lot of people that seem to be missing. You, you, you actually are, act, are living through the, the whole left behind thing sort of backwards, right? People are missing. Correct. The car just went into the tree because the guy that was driving is not there anymore. Okay, I get it. All right. This is my favorite one. Chapter 8, verse 1. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. So let's just ask that. Why? The creation of a moment of silence. I like it. So America picked up on this. It's good. It's good. So we can pray. Why do we have a moment of silence here? It's prayer. Respect. Reflecting on who is and who is not. Reflection. Prayer. Respect. Respect. Focus. Okay. What's up? I think that it's simply make a statement. Usually it is noisy. This is so big, it's no longer. And it goes quiet. What is so big? What? What is, you said this is so big, it the goes quiet. The seventh seal, the final seal, I believe. Is there any? Can I put the seal? No, there's only seven. This is the seventh one. Which would it also be great that there are there is such a great multitude and yet there is silence. Great multitude and they are praising and singing and having a great time and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, I, I, I get the whole concept of how silence works. Many things making a lot of noise now no longer make noise. I get that. Thank you. So because there is silence because the lamb broke the seventh seal. More silence. He just broke it up. So the reason for the silence would be. Anybody shocked? Is it because he broke the seventh seal? Well, the breaking of the seventh seal is what caused everyone and everything to become silent. Why? In awe? That's the question on the floor. That is the question. In awe. I was, I was thinking that it was creating a very drastic contrast between all of the other seals. They were, they, you could almost see them as being pretty noisy. And almost preparatory. Yeah. It's like it's getting ready for something or someone. Yeah. Okay. Like the balling of some trumpet. Okay. So, so if a, to, to, you know, I think of a coronation or something like that. You see in any of the movies where 
bum, bada, bum, 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 you know, and you've got, you know, 95 trumpets and you all happen to hit the same notes at the same time and it's awesome, you know, and then in walks the king. I get that. Yeah. So I was thinking, thinking? Well, I was thinking two things. One, so if you picture one of, one of the really big services that would have been at the temple, there's a point where the high priest walks in and you know, you've got the court of the Gentiles, you've got the Levites, they're all playing instruments. And I, I bet it was probably really quiet when mm. he walked in. Mm. Wow. And everybody, because everybody is anticipating what's going to happen when he comes. Okay. So it almost seemed to me like the, the seal was broken, but maybe nobody saw that happen. Or maybe they just knew it happened and they're waiting for the revelation after the seal was broken. Everything okay. else, when the seal was broken, something happened. Okay. But in this case... I think from the text a, I can clearly get that the seal was broken and everybody shut up. Yeah. I get that. Why? Waiting. Sir? Waiting. Okay. Waiting. Waiting for what? What is it coming next? Okay. What would cause them to wait silently in this case and yet not wait silently in the previous cases. The gravity of what is about to happen. Something's obviously dramatically different now than previously. How did they know? Well, they know that this is the they last seal, right? <laughs> this is the last seal. They know this is the last of the events that Would you everything led up to this point. Okay, so good. now there's this yes. massive amount of anxiety Yes. that what is about to take place is the final okay. event, right? All right, so let me, let me, let me ask you this. You're, you're on the right track. Would you say that this event that they're waiting for for half an hour is important? Yes. Would you say it's expected? Yes. Would you say that... The event how would you characterize the event? Finite. Is it involving a thing, a person, or an action? All. Okay. You gotta help it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Let me put So there are things that are going to happen. Okay. Well, there are many things that are going to happen. We're only chapter 7. We've got 22 chapters total. Well, things that are going to happen just between now and verse 5. Okay. Let me... And then in verse 5, um, so the, the incense happening, they're offering the incense and the throne. But then in verse 5, then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. Right. Right. Peals of thunder, rumblings, flashing. So I think at that point you're already after the event. So yeah. let me ask you this. What are you waiting for? Something to happen. I think I'm waiting for the trumpets to blow. I'm sorry. I don't mean in this context. Gotcha. I mean you personally. What are you waiting for? Messiah. What about Messiah? The arrival of the king. And that's where kind of Gregory was alluding Absolutely. to, where the Absolutely. the high priest yes. has arrived. It's not that somebody walked in; it's the somebody who walked in. I submit to you that my Savior, 
has just arrived as the king. What is the millennium? His reign. Yeshua is the king of Israel. The king has arrived. He's been appointed. He's been anointed. He's been selected. He's been crowned. He's stepping up now like to take for the ceremony. What? Yeah. What did? I mean, how noisy is it in a church when you're waiting for the bride to walk in the back door? Hmm. It's. We all know it's a wedding. There's no wedding without the bride in a Jewish ceremony. There's no wedding without the groom. Here he is. And what's the big deal? What did we open tonight's class with? When, oh when, are you going to take vengeance? Here we are under the, under the, all, they're just waiting. When are you going to do it? When, when? Right now. He's stepping to the plate. The seals appear to prepare the earth. The trumpets are the vengeance of my king. Uh, and that's where I believe that it comes to prepare the way for him. Make all the roads straight. Yeah. So, you he said it's, it's that whole preparation thing. Prepare the way for him. Make the roads. Make the way, make the paths straight. If you read, you just do it. Do it for homework. Do it. Do it when you uh, when you get home. Look for how many times it talks about there being silence in the Psalms. I think you'll be surprised. So we have a sequence, and we've got a sequence of seals that have done as Micah helped us see tear up the world with conquering, war, famine, death. It's not a fun place to be. And then, we get a little scene in heaven. Obviously there have been marchers, and obviously there will be more. So, they cry out, how long is this going to go on? Not much longer. Here's your robes for the ceremony. Now, I want you to hook the people who you just read about under the altar with the people that you know. Isaac, I'm going to pick on you. I think you know a man, a godly man, who's now in the earth. Fairly recent. Now, where is his soul? In not in the ground, is it? His body's in the ground. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm not saying he's one of the martyrs that's underneath that altar, but he's not physically here now. Right. 
So if this were to happen and he were to stand, as I believe he would for his faith, in these days, he'd be taken out. And his soul, instead of being with the Lord, would be perhaps protected, held in high esteem under that altar. And then, when would it no longer be under the altar? What comes right after that? Great multitude shows up. Who's that? Two groups, right? Two groups? Two groups. Pray tell. Those who were not here. Right. In the ground is the individual you're just referring to. Physically, but. Physically in the ground, whose bodies were resurrected and reunited with that soul that was with the Lord. Group one. And those who were, two words, alive, alive and remain. And remain. <laughs> or, as we, as we saw from looking at the Greek, alive and survived. That's right. Who, who were able to endure. To the end. This is the beginning of the end. As the king comes in and is ready to take the vengeance he was asked about just a little bit ago. Time frame between the two, we have no idea, but do you get where I'm going? Mm -hmm. I've been looking for it, and I was wondering why I couldn't find it. It's because it's a midrash. It's in the Quran. It's yeah, a, of course. It's a, no, yeah. it's, a, it's a midrash. So, one of the other things that I wanted to make sure I knew the reference before I said it about the thing that preceded the silence, it was the giving of the Torah. It was very loud leading up to it. Thunder and lightning and trumpets were blowing. And then here in Midrash Exodus Rabbah, it says, said Rabbi Abihu in the name of Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, when the Holy One, blessed is he, gave the Torah, no bird screeched, no fowl flew, no ox mooed, none of the Ophanim flapped a wing, nor did the seraphim chant kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. The sea did not roar, and none of the creatures uttered a sound. Throughout the entire world, there was a deafening silence as the divine voice went forth speaking, I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? I mean, because the Torah... The living Torah arrives, mm -hmm. is what we're saying, mm -hmm. right? It's exactly it's, it's right. It's his arrival. You can feel the silence. Isn't that, I, I just, I love the, the, parallel, the parallel there, you know? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a moment where everybody was waiting for it. It was the same sort of anticipation, like we can't wait to hear. And, but before it happened, deafening silence. I think that, uh, if you'll recall, in your recent the same thing is alluded to. Before the Holy One, blessed is He, poured out His vengeance. Oh, that sounds familiar. But there's an odd reference in both. You remember? reference about dogs. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. What is it? That before 
the angel came through and wiped out the firstborn, mm -hmm. there was an absolute silence and no dog wet its tongue. That's right. Mm -hmm. No dog made a sound. No growl. And, and like you said, that, that preceded then there was not a, a household without the, the corpse, the, a, the corpse and yeah. the screaming. And, 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 and the, the scripture makes it clear that God says he himself will go through and do this. So you, you've got other references. Again, in the Psalms, it talks about Psalms. Who can, who, can, who can stand? And then there's another. I'll look it up another time. Um, is, this, is this helpful? Does this work? Is it what we're getting there? Oh, we don't have time. Oh, it's time. All right. So the Trump is what we're supposed to do tonight. <laughs> Evidently, we're going to be doing um, next week. So you get the, you get the trumpets. Um, so can you see how we've got a coronation ceremony that pretty much is one of action? And the king comes in. And then we start. I saw seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came, different guy, stood at the altar with the golden censer. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. And he took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And we begin with peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake, which, thank you Gregory, should remind you of the giving of the Torah. That is what the sages, that is what the Torah, hmm. that is what the people say they experience. Why? Because the divine stepped into time. Because the Holy One, blessed is he, came down onto the mountain. Moshe went up the mountain. God came down onto the mountain. <clears throat> and here we go. And you have God about to step onto the planet. I am the Lord, my God. It's unbelievable, isn't it? All right? I, I don't feel like this was a wasted lesson. I think this is you know, kind of no, tied up what we did. Um, but if, if you are seeing now again, from the beginning, right, from your perspective. John sees Yeshua. It matches the description in Daniel. This is amazing. And after he mentioned some stuff to the uh, assemblies in the various seven cities in Asia Minor, we step into, hey, we're all bummed out. We are all just beside ourselves. It's absolutely sad. Why? Because this problem of sin on the planet that can only be fixed by, according to the sages, according to the Midrash, God taking one of their righteous ones for himself. None can be found that can take the scroll. Open the seals. Oh! We got it. There it is. The Lamb of God, who is slain, is worthy to open the seals. And he starts opening the seals, and it's really just descriptions.
timing markers of what's happening on the planet. Mm -hmm. Michael went through that. It's just really getting worse and worse and worse. What might cause that? Well, maybe some of the stuff we've read in some of the other books. That an anti-Torah man is producing problems uh, as he is uh, given opportunity. He needs to be shut down. Evidently, those who endure to the end were those who would not capitulate and lost their lives for the sake of the Lamb and the Word of God are gathered together. And they are not on the earth at this time. They are in heaven, oddly enough. Not the abode of man, but evidently a temporary residence as this king, who we keep silent for for about a half hour, steps to the plate. We get exactly what we saw in Exodus at the giving of the Torah as God comes down. And I submit that God does come down again. All right. Well, you've got plenty of time to do your study. We'll get back together and we'll pick up with the seven angels who had the seven trumpets are preparing to blow them. Chapter 8 and verse 7. Does the context sound good? And can you sequence it with what has come before? Very good. Right. Scott, you have anything? Final comments? Mm -mm. No, good. Okay. 58 minutes and 5 seconds. You want to close us in prayer? Try and take a minute and something there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father, as always, we're on. Um, uh, grateful for the opportunity to, to be together to look at your word and to um, uh, to search it out so mm -hmm. that we can have an understanding of that which you have desired for us to understand we pray Father that you would uh, find us faithful um, every day and that we would be one of those overcomers who do have the privilege of enduring to the end mm -hmm. and uh and seeing these events unfold. If that's not to be, then we'll be with you and viewing it from the other direction. And we'll give you the praise and glory either way because you are our king. Mm. All these things we pray in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Scott. Mm -hmm.